Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. It's Nick here, and welcome to Scale Up Your Business. So this week on the show, I have Dave Seymour. Now, Dave is a character and a half. He's originally from the UK, uh, has lived in the US for many, many years. So he has one of those kind of hybrid accents like me, which, you know, you might need to get your translator out to understand what we're talking about. But it's a fun conversation as we go backwards and forwards today. Now, he started off as a 16-year veteran of the fire service, but then has moved into having a really successful, prolific career in real estate and is one of the US's top investors in commercial multi-family transactions, literally been involved in millions and millions of dollars worth of real estate scale-ups to exit. So much so that he's also headed up a reality TV show called Flipping Boston, which aired for multiple seasons in the US. And his story of how he got there, how he got into that network, into that into that circuit, if you like, to even be considered for that type of opportunity is just incredible. And we covered that on the show today. It's taken him as far as a partnership with Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington, and now he's really focused on disrupting the sort of traditional private equity landscape, allowing investors access to institutional quality deals that have really only been available to the elite in terms of investment. So we have a great conversation talking a little bit about private equity, talking about real estate, talking about mindset, belief, faith, how you get into these things, how one conversation and taking a few risks can change everything. Um, and yeah, we just, uh, so much commonality, I think, in terms of how we believe things can happen. Because quite often, right, you know, you, you might have lots of education, you might have aspiration, you might have a vision, but it's how you take action and how you jump into opportunities when they present themselves, sometimes in the moment, that makes the bigger dif- biggest difference. So there we have it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business, Dave Seymour. Hi, everybody. Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business for another week and another amazing interview. Today, I'm delighted to have onto the show... Dave Seymour. Now, Dave, welcome. Welcome to Scale Your Business. Cheers, Nick. I appreciate having uh, having me on the show, man. This is exciting. And you know what? It's nice to get the international flavor going on, right? Well, it's, it's always the funny thing about this, right? It's it's the conversations that you have either pre or post the interview, yeah, right? Sure. And so we were just having a conversation about our crazy accents. So yeah. you've been how long have you been in the U.S. for? Yeah, so I emigrated in 1986. I was 20, I was only 20, 20 years old. <clears throat> I was um, I was dating a girl from um, Long Island, New York, who was on a teaching program from Indiana uh, University, and we were working together yeah. in the Greenwich Theatre. There's a little bar and restaurant underneath the Greenwich Theatre in London, and um, she was waiting tables, and I was working behind the bar, and I fell madly in lust. And at 20 years old, there was, there was there was no way I was I was giving up that relationship. It's crazy son of a gun. So I emigrated at 20 years old 
Um, got married when I in in, uh, in Wheeling by God, West Virginia, dude. That's where I was West living. Virginia. Oh, see, I don't know that part of the U.S. very well. I know Boston, where yeah. you are now, and I know Miami, and I know New York and places like that. But look I've at been you, to West you, you metropolitan beast, you. <laughs> right, you got to get out in I've the sticks. I've been to Omaha, Nebraska. Does that count? Uh, maybe, maybe we'll give we'll give you one point for that. No, yeah, I was. In, you want to talk about an alien in an alien nation? Imagine going from London, right? Because I was in school in London, going from London to Wheeling Bar Guard, West Virginia, in the middle of the Rust Belt, beer bellies, ball caps, and chewing tobacco. It was like crazy times, man. Crazy. I have to ask: Are you still are you still with that woman? Is she? Oh, that was married? wife number one out of three. Oh, okay. I, I had to ask just because it's always sometimes people make that you know that people serve a purpose in life. <laughs> Yeah, what is it? People go, wow, that's cold, Nick Bradley. That's oh, cold. you know, it, it can be, it can be, it can be. Someone said to me, you have people come into your life for a reason, a season, or for life. For life, yeah, that's exactly. So you have different things, exactly. right? So yeah, this this yeah, could have been a season. Yeah, it was it was good when it lasted. You know what I mean? It. Um, I was I'm sober over 31 years, so I was drinking back then. I got sober at 23 years old. So from 20 to 23, in America in West Virginia with moonshine wasn't a pretty situation, man. So we had to, we had to straighten up, straighten up a fly right. And we eventually got it right. So you've got, I can say, this is the accent thing. So your accent has evolved probably a little bit more than mine. If I go back to Australia, people sort of say, oh, you you go back to England, your pom. Yeah. And I'm like, mate, I was born here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I can, I can hear the twang in your accent. I can hear the the bit of, bit of the English and a bit of the, the US. You know, what's funny is they say to me, if I talk to my, my my dad, they the English think I sound Australian. The Australians think I sound like a New Zealander. The Americans think I sound like a um, an Australian. It's like, but you put me on the phone with my old man for about twenty minutes, mate. You know what I mean? We're talking like that again. There's no worries. You know, right. so it's, it's nice. Yeah, it's and no easy. If you get, but, you get an Aussie on the podcast, then all of a sudden I go back into some really bad yeah, for trend. sure, for sure. But here's <laughs> the thing: at the end of the day, we are international mutts. We are a mutt. We are a mixture of all things wonderful around us. So it's all good. So you. So let's get into it. So you yeah. you have a private equity firm focused on real estate, commercial real estate. Uh, yeah. You were a veteran of the fire service, I believe, yeah. as well. Yeah. Go back yeah. even further. Yeah. You've been on lots of different TV things, um, including a show called Flipping Boston, and you're in partnership with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got lots to talk about. So I think <laughs> yeah. let's let let's get you to do a proper intro. Yeah. As I said, and then we can kind of go into a few of these different um, interesting things that you've done. Yeah, look, man, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a little bit of a biblical story. I I sat down one day with Jack Canfield's Chicken Soup for the Soul, and um, yep. I followed I followed a lot of Jack's teaching when I was still working in the fire service, trying to get out of my own financial challenges, basically trying to get out of my own way. And um, I sat down with Jack, and I kind of gave him the timeline. You know, young guy crosses the ocean, comes to a foreign country, finds his way, gets sober, finds the woman of his dreams, turns his life around financially, blah, 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 blah. And he said to me, you know, it's kind of a biblical story. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is I made a lot a lot of mistakes, man. I mean, uh, coming from a very blue collar background, um, I was only ever taught to trade time for money. Right. I didn't understand business. I didn't understand leverage. I didn't understand those things. So, you know, for me, I, I got that great job as a firefighter. I'm a naturalized citizen of the States. Um, you know, still love my English heritage, but, you know, I'm an American today, like it or not. But, um, you know, I, I, I got to a point where 
I had reached some real, real bad financial <clears throat> situations due to my own immature and illiterate spending habits. We'll leave it at that, right? Okay. In America, it's great. You can spend more money than you earn. It's actually part of the Constitution, I think. <laughs> you know I, mean? I, I, I believe, you know, getting getting credit cards with crazy amounts of, what do you call it, um, limits on them. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, it's, there's appreciating and depreciating assets, right? There's good debt and there's bad debt. And growing up where I grew up, we didn't have any debt. My old man was a heat and air conditioning guy. We grew up in the, you know, the housing estate uh, in, in the south of England. It was like there was no financial dreams or aspirations. But um, late 2006, seven, around that period of time, um, you know, the, the, the shit hit the fan for me. It was, it was not good. I was losing my primary residence. My second marriage was in the toilet. Um, it just wasn't good. And I was working 120 hours a week, Nick, for real. A fire department, construction on my days off. I ran a small construction company and uh, part-time um, uh, in the evenings doing, doing a, a security type job. And I was I was beaten. I was a beaten man in my 30s, brother. I, I was all done. It was like, Jesus, is this it? Is this my American dream? Anyway, I um, I was I was screaming and shouting at my God, and I'm like, dude, you got to help me out here. I don't, I don't know what's up. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I'm trying to trying to get this stuff right. And a commercial came on the radio. Teach me foreclosure, a free one and a half hour seminar coming to your neck of the woods. And it was a real estate course, man. And I'm like, okay. And that's how it started, brother. I went. That was it. That was the gift that just showed up when you needed it. Yeah. Look, I don't know anybody else's belief, but, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a, I'm not a religious guy, but I am a man of faith, you know, and um, I believe that those that seek shall find. And when the opportunity shows up, it only is an opportunity if you act upon it, right? A lot of people don't lean into anything. The, the, the fear gets in the way. Um, and without being, you know, bravado and, and BS, it was like I was beaten into submission. I had to, I had to go for something, man, right? And uh, I went for this real estate thing. And, and as a result of that, I started getting results. You know, I was learning how to do in the States, it's called a wholesale transaction. We control a right. piece of real estate with the contract. And I wholesaled a deal, Nick, and I got a check for $5,000, so like, you're in the middle of the deal, basically. Yeah. So you're, is, it, is it like brokering the deal? Yeah, it's like brokering a deal. You put a purchase and sales yeah. agreement together with a seller, and then you sell your equitable interest in that deal to another investor for cash, right? So they come to the table with the, equi uh, with the capital and close the deal. And in 2008, everything went chaotic in the States, as you know, uh, and yes. you know, rippled out internationally. But you know, in 2008, if you were a real estate investor, you were treated as a leper. It was like, oh, I'm sorry, you're in real estate. Oh, that's so bad. You know, it's, it's like a cancer. But um, it was crazy opportunity, right? Whenever there is chaos in the marketplace, it creates opportunity. Dysfunction creates opportunity. You know, our friend Matt Andrews went, went, through, went through massive, massive changes during that time in the marketplace. And, um, you know, I got a check in my hand for five grand and I'm like, is this legal? Like I was, I was honestly thinking there's no, right? there's no way this could be legal. I didn't own the property and I got a check in my hand for five grand. And I thought to myself, what, what have I been doing my whole life to try and generate a $5,000 payday, you know, or a, or a 4,000 pound payday, whatever the exchange rate is right now. And it's like, um, 
I was sold, man. I'm like, if, if this is real and the cops don't arrest me leaving the attorney's office, I'm in. I'm doing this again. Because once you do you something, did, you, right, you, you can't not do it you again. You did some work. I mean, you did some work here, Dave. I mean, you yeah. know, you're an hour and a half course. But, but you know, th- there's a thing here where, you know, you still had to find the deal, right? right. You know, you're, you're in the middle of the deal. So you're in the flow of money here. Sure, sure. Look, you, it's, not, it's not as easy as it looks on a TV show, Nick, all right? <laughs> like in, uh, in, the, in the UK, you've got the show, what is it, Under the Hammer there, right, where they go to the orchid yeah, and then exactly. – and then everything is easy and peaches and cream and, and, you know, you make money. No, I did. I put in the work. But here's what was interesting. For the first time in my life, I was really controlling my own financial future. Um, you know, I, I, I lived and died by my own decisions back then, as I do today. And, um, you know, understanding your market, being able to analyze your marketplace in the single family uh, arena. Um, and we were swamped back then. You've got to remember, it was all bank-owned properties. Everything was foreclosed on. The bank was taking back um, these assets en masse. They didn't know what to do with them. It was really, it was a really, I've got a video somewhere of me at an auction and there were protesters at the auction, you know, uh, fighting and banners. And, you know, it was like, uh, oh my word, what's going on here? Poor auctioneer was getting stuff thrown at him. You know, it was chaos. But, um, you know, that check came in and I looked at it and I said, I'm going to figure this out. And I just doubled down, tripled down. And kept going. And, um, you know, it was funny. There was a guy, he was in the seminar world. He was a, he was a speaker and, um, he was a, a firefighter in Los Angeles and he was on this stage and he was presenting, um, his websites for new investors. You had to have these websites, right? You got to buy this. So it was five grand or whatever it was. And I buy them, but his presentation was horrible, Nick. I mean, his, his deliverables on stage, his comedy was was off. His he was rigid. It just it just looked and sounded awkward. Anyway, long story short, I approached the guy afterwards. Right, I'm like, hey, buddy, I'm Dave. I'm a firefighter just north of Boston. You're a firefighter. I bought your websites. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's the guru. I'm the wannabe. I, <laughs> I can I'm, picture this. Thing. Right. Okay. I, I looked at him. I said, I got to tell you something, nobody. He goes, what? I said, your comedy sucks. He's like, I beg your pardon? I said, dude, your comedy sucks. I said, I did a little stand-up comedy back in London, a couple of pubs and clubs. Nothing big time. I said, but man, your comedy, your timing's off. It's all wrong. You suck. You got it. You can't laugh at your own jokes before you tell us the punchline, brother. You got you to gotta let us enjoy the timing of the comedy. And he looks at me, Nick, he goes to me, who are you? I go, I'm Dave, buddy, Dave Seymour. I'm from London. Now I'm a firefighter. You're a firefighter. We got the thing going on. He says to me, you're my new comedy coach. I'm going to pay you $1,000, fly you down to Orlando. I have a three-day seminar where I, where I teach people. He said, and uh, I'm going to pay you to come down and be there. And I thought the guy was joking. I thought he was just busting my chops. Like that's a killer pitch, Dave. That's a killer pitch, right? Right, (laughs) killer pitch. Not to you, the pitch to him. (laughs) To him, right? You suck. That's a pitch. You suck. Well, it's memorable, isn't it? It's memorable. It's remarkable, and he probably doesn't expect people to say that to him. A lot of people on stage like that. That's exactly. And isn't that marketing? Isn't that marketing at its true core? How do you separate yourself? So I got in with the educators after that. I went to this thing, and then I'm sitting at the table with all these other real estate gurus and seminar guys, and I'm like, holy crap, look at this. I'm on, I'm on the inside looking out instead of the outside looking in. And uh, that's how my education and teaching journey began. And it was 
it was funny to be in that arena because what happened was, was there was a guy by the name of Russell Brunson who was part of the crew back then. I don't know if you know Russell. It, there was, I know Russell, yeah. Yeah, there was Russell. Um, Gary Vanachuk was hanging around some of those guys back then. You know, some of the real big heavy hitters today were in that group. And it was um, Russell who sent out a blast email to like maybe 20 guys or girls that were kind of on the periphery of the education space. And he sent me an email. He said, Dave, you're a funny bastard. You should apply for this TV show. They're, they're, they're like trying to do a new TV show about house flipping. You should do that. So I, I got a, you want to talk about memorable, right? I get a, a downloaded, a, um, a vanilla application for a company in New York called Departure Films who were making the, uh, making the show. And it was, you know, name me your company. Tell me about yourself. Tell me about your guys. It was real vanilla. So I loaded it with profanity, right? Loaded the application with profanity, obscenities, challenges, right? Name of your company. Go F yourself, LLC. That's what I put on there. Don't waste my time. I'm the, I'm, I was still a firefighter. I'm Dave, the British bulldog of real estate and laughter. When everyone else goes rushing out, we go running in. You know what I mean? Like all the big tough guy shit. And uh, the last thing I put on it was don't call me. Get on a plane, train, or automobile. You beep, 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 beep. Don't waste my time. The phone rings. 212 area code, like 10 minutes after I press send. I pick up the phone. I go, I thought I told you not to call me, you asshole. Boom. And I hung up the phone. And I'm like, oh, please call back. They called back. The kid was giggling. I'm giggling. That's how you get a TV show, brother. And we were on air for over over five years. I'm thinking at this point, they were, they, they were saying, listen, we're going to put you on the TV show, Dave, but you can't swear. Oh, they loved it when I swore because <laughs> they just beeped it out, man. They just beeped it out. I've never seen it, right? And being being over here, I can probably search for it somewhere. I'm going to go away and look at this now. Yeah, you can find <laughs> a couple of them. Um, they, I'm like, sure I'll be able to find it. Yeah, they play on um, Amazon Prime over here now. Flipping Boston on Amazon Prime. But to get to that Prime. position, let's just jump jump back and then yeah. forward a step here, right? Yeah. So, so you're you're on the show effectively as an expert in your space. Yep. So the journey from you know your first five thousand dollar deal to getting you know in the inner circle to then getting on TV. What what happened there? How did you learn? Did you did you get other mentors? Were you in other? How did you get, yeah. get really good at? Yeah, of course. Look, on my own, I'm weak. With many, I'm strong, right? Follow those that are doing what you want to do at a higher level. Don't ask stupid questions and implement. So I invested a lot of money and time in mentorship, in other people's programs. And primarily, I'll be honest with you, man, in personal development, because mathematics is fifth grade. uh, Sorry, real estate investing is really fifth grade math. You know, if you can do some simple mathematics, you can you can really figure it out. The details are, are, are you know, they kind of fall into place afterwards. So I le- I learned all of the, the the processes from a wholesale transaction to a buy, fix, and flip. You know, you make your money on the buy side. You realize your profits when you cash flow and or sell. Um, you know, I, I assume it's the same way for you in business, right? If you don't buy the mm-hmm. business, right? If you don't get it at a good discount, you can't go in there and reposition the business and make it more profitable and earn a living. So oh, you're um, playing, you're playing with ratios. And, and and to your point, it's not it's not complex mathematics. It's you know, if you buy something that's undervalued, let's say, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, you're you're already, you know, 25, 30, 40 percent there, you know, in any value aggression you're gonna make. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. But if you buy stupidly, dumb money, 
Well, there's <laughs> a ton of that out there. There's a ton of that yeah. out there right now. There's some real stupid money out there. But what what what's good about it? You know, your question was, how do you go from five grand to seminar world to TV? Um, you know, it's um, replacing fear with faith. I talk about that a lot, right? It's kind of it's kind of scary to 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 morph, to change, to to grow into something. So I just I just was very blessed to find the right men and women to help me on that journey up until the point that that I was, you know, the figurehead, like I'm, I'm leading the ship today. And um, I was always, uh, we call it leveling up, right? Are you going to level up your business? Are you going to level up, level up your, your, your surroundings? You know, I don't want to be the guy of one liners, but they've been so instrumental in my life, Nick. If I'm the smartest person in a room, I'm in the wrong freaking room, dude. <laughs> right. I want to play with this because this is where this is where I thought the conversation might go. So I'm happy it has. There we go. Because because okay. the thing about scale up your business, it's not about scaling up business. No, right? no one no one really listens to this. It's all about we, we get people in and we talk about mindset. We talk yeah. about the identity, yeah. the shift, right? And so there's a shift here of identity, you know, mm -hmm. for you, right? Mm -hmm. Some of it being who you were, obviously, mm -hmm. and maybe unleashing some of that. But how did you, how did, where did that come from? I mean, who, who, who was the, the most influential people or the most influential rooms that started to get you, as you said, turning fear into faith? Yeah. Look, man, I, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of goofy, but it's true. Right. It's okay. Um, don't worry. I've, I've shared my story. My story is like crazy goofy. It's all good here. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I was sitting in the firehouse and uh, it was early in my career. I was trying to get out of personal debt. And uh, I shared with you, I can't, I can't drink because when I drink, things don't go well. I've been sober 31 years. So I couldn't like numb any of my surroundings. Like I had to stand in all of it and own it. And ownership is, is the, really the first step towards any kind of successful journey. And what I mean by ownership was, was I no longer could blame anybody else, people, places, and or things, right? A lot of that mindset has come through my journey sober right? Uh, in, in the work that I've done there. But I was sitting in the firehouse and I, I was doing some online stuff. I don't know what it was. And um, uh, the, this was the time when The Secret by Rhonda Byrne was out, the book, right? And they started talking about the law of attraction. And they said, what you think about is what you bring about. They said, you can manifest um, the life that you want as long as your actions are in line with your intentions, and I'm like, what the? What are these freaky ass people talking about? What What are you talking about? And then, and then they said to me, "Listen to your internal dialogue. The most two powerful words in the world are I am, because what follows I am is what sets your intention, is what creates your future. So think about this for a second. How many times have we in our careers? Everybody, anybody, personal life, business, I am too old, I'm too young, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I'm too rich, I'm too poor, I'm too black, I'm too white, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm from here, I'm from there. Every single time we set a, 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 an energy, a, a current out into the universe that says, I am something, the universe says, okay, it doesn't debate it, it doesn't like you know, change anything around it, it is consistently looking for the message that I give. So again, goofy as it sounds, man, 
I stopped going to bed every night thinking about how broke I was and how many mistakes I had made and the, the marriages that had failed and the personal misery that I had endured at my own hands. I stopped thinking about those things. And I started every, every morning with, I am wealth, I am abundance, and I am joy. I'm grateful for the things that are around me today. I'm going to step into my own magnificence. And as I do that, I'm going to help some other people along the way. Let thy will be done, not mine. And I just, I, I started doing that, dude. And it was like, I get a check for five grand. And I'm like, shit, for real. And I kept going and I kept going and I kept going. And as a direct result of that, the universe aligned me with some really, really great people. Um, I sat in the firehouse that night and I was working on some Jack Canfield stuff because Jack was on the, the, the movie, The Secret. And I really, I really delve into Jack like he, he lived in West Virginia as well. He lived in the same town, Wheeling by God, West Virginia. His stepfather was a drunk who beat him. You know, his mother had some challenges. Like I identified and resonated with a lot of this. But Jack was the ultimate academic, dude. He was a smart academic. I'm not, right? I just, I'm a bull in a china shop mentality. So I sat there in the firehouse and I said, one day I'm going to sit down with Jack Canfield. I'm going to spend a day with him. And I'm going to thank him for the work. Boom, send that out in the universe and let it travel. Three years later, I'm on a stage in Philadelphia, 500 people. I'm teaching real estate investing. I think uh, this was one of the joint venture deals I did with um, uh, Damon John from Shark Tank. I do my thing. I come off stage. Lady comes up to me and she goes, that was a great presentation. I really appreciate it. She said, you're very engaging from stage. I said, thanks. I said, what do you do? She said, I'm Jack Canfield's personal assistant. <laughs> I went, what? So you, you fall over right then and there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I said to her, oh, that's so cool. I'm a fan of Jack, blah, 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 blah. I said, does Jack do any personal one-on-one -on -one coaching? She said, no, he hasn't done that in years. He might do a one-day thing, but only for exceptional people. He'll probably do it once or twice a year max. I said, well, you're never going to believe this. She goes, what? I said, I'm that exceptional person. She said, well, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm exceptional. Jack needs to sit down with me. It's already happened. We might as well just book it. So I tell her my story, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I spent $20,000. I flew from Boston to, uh, to uh, uh, California, drove up to Jack's house, walked into his living room and started crying like a baby. <laughs> Crying, Nick. Nick, I'm boohooing like a baby. I can imagine, though. No, I can, I can oh. imagine because, like, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a serendipitous yeah. sort of yeah. circle, isn't it? Like you're coming back to the thing that sparked everything yeah. that you created since. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, the inspiration I, I, behind I, it. I walked into that. So what happens? I mean, so just so, so you walk in there, you're crying. Don't worry, I've been I've been to Tony Robbins events and cried. So sure. don't worry, we're all sure. good here. Nothing's yeah, yeah, nothing's yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so what? In summary, what happened during that day? I mean, was it as good as you expected? Because sometimes you turn up and you meet your heroes and they're not right. quite what you expect. You know? Right, right. So See, I think it was more than I expected, but here's why. I had no expectations. Okay. Right? If you don't, if you don't really? have... Uh, you know, because you must have... You, look, man, he said to me this, Nick. He said, as I walked in the door, he's, he said to me, hey, Dave, my secretary says I had to do this one day with you, my assistant. He said... Um, you know, you, uh, you, you, you really, you know, engaged her. He said, what can I do for you? And I, I teared up and I said to him, Jack, there's nothing you can do for me. He said, what do you mean? Why did you invest? Why are you here? I said, you've already done it, dude. 
I said, it's already done. I've been following the work. I've been leaning into it. I've been following the steps. I understand, um, you know, uh, the, the way that you, you look at personal development. I got it. I'm a result of your teachings. I said, this is just a chance for me to hang out and say thank you. And after that, we just told stories. We just told stories because I've been in the education space for a long time in the seminar world. He was a speaker. He hates asking for a sale. I love asking for a sale, right? And, um, you know, we, we found a lot, of, a lot of commonalities. And at the same time, we appreciated each other's differences. And um, it was just, it was like a bucket list thing for me, man. And it, it, always, it always gives me somewhere to go internally where I can revisit that day and feed off yeah. of that energy because it never goes away, right? It's, it's always in motion. Emotion is energy in motion. So, yeah, man. Look, I didn't know we were going to go amazing. here, but this is cool. This is a good way I to told you. I told yeah. you. I told you. Yeah. Like, there's, no, there's no script. I want to play with a couple of things around what we just spoke about, but then obviously talk a little bit about what you're doing now. But yeah. um, what's your advice? Because you've mentioned it a couple of times during this conversation about, you know, you didn't really second guess the stuff. You just lent in yeah. one of your words and you yeah. said, I just kind of, did, I did the work. I took action. That That's something that people struggle with a lot. So, you know, there's a, there's a funny statistic out there right now. People buy courses, right? They buy online courses or whatever else. And something like 16% actually finish them. It's some, it's some ridiculously bad figure. Yeah, it is. So yeah. what was, what was different for you, you know, that mindset to lean in to say, you know what, I'm not going to over question this. I'm just going to do it. How did you, how did you get to that position? Um, you know, there's so many different, uh, such a multifaceted answer. So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the first things that, that come into my, into mm -hmm. my squash. Yep. First of all, I was, I personally was beaten into submission, right? I had, I had no other choices. I was either stick a fork in me, I'm done or step up and go. Right. Um, so first of all, you know, Tony Robbins, you, you bring up Tony. I, I, <clears throat> I did an event with him up in Canada and we were backstage and he was uh, obviously he's a, he's a massive presence, but um, he said something. He said, "Massive, massive passion coupled with massive action is what gives you massive results." And that was where I was. I was I was massively passionate about not being freaking miserable. <laughs> okay, I, I really was. I was massively passionate about getting reconnected with the people who loved me and the people that I loved. So I have an engine, I have a motivation. It's, it's, we talk about our why, right? Why are you doing all of this? Um, I, wanted, I wanted to be present for the woman who loved me, brother. I really did, I wanted that. I didn't want to always be mentally somewhere else, living in fear, doubt, and insecurity. So that's a drive, that's a passion. I wanted to be the best father to my sons. You know, my oldest boy now 26, you know, from eight to 10 to 12 years old, I nearly lost all of that. It nearly never manifested at all. That's a drive, man. That's a reason to get out of bed. So my personal why was a drive. After that, I looked at it and I said, what is the worst case scenario? Let's play out worst case scenarios to give me the comfort level for a platform to elevate from, right? So worst case scenario, I put in the time and you know a shorter amount of money back then in the beginning. And it doesn't work. The guy's a fugazi. He's a fake. You know, he's, he's, full of, he's full of doo doo caca. He doesn't really do what he teaches. And I made, I made those mistakes. I found my way around that. 
But then I found a, a select group of, of individuals who, yeah, they made money through education, but they also had um, accountability attached to their deliverables. And I think that is the dirtiest word culturally that we deal with today. You know, it's not, it's not the F word, it's accountability. Because it is so goddamn easy to blame people, places, and things for our life, right? Uh, the government sucks. You know, my, my, my husband doesn't love me, blah, 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 blah. And the day that I, I stood there and I said to, 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 to my wife, I said, my now wife, Mary Beth, I said, I said, are we going to do this thing? She said, are you going to do this thing? I said, I've run out of choices, Mary Beth. I can't trade any more time for money. I don't want to lose the, the, the relationship that we have because I'm never here. And um, my wife said to me, go get him, killer. She said, I'm proud of you. She said, and I love you and I'll support you in everything that you want to do. And she was the incipient moment for me, brother, where somebody for the first time in my life gave me permission to be wealthy. They, she gave me the, the, the I, I say she's the rock that I get to stand on so I can look cool. And um, it was a $27,000 education investment that day, Nick. And um, I looked at it, I said, I'm so glad you said that, beautiful lady, because I got no more room on my credit cards. <laughs> We're going to have to use yours. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, okay, I love you. Let's go. And, uh, you know, that, those are the reasons why my success was in place. I, I had unconditional support and love. And more importantly, I had accountability. Um, I can no longer blame anybody else for my results. And then you bring that firefighter mentality into it when everybody else is running out, I go running in. And I just kept going, dude. Not every day was peaches and cream. I just kept grinding it out, knowing that the future was bright because I was wealth, I was abundance, and I was joy, you know? So... It's, um, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, you know, personal development, wealth creation is not a sprint. You know, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's progress, not perfection, right? So that's kind of like, man, I'm long-winded and I apologize. No, no, no. Listen, I wanted to let it. It was a great response. I wasn't going to cut in. Um, at what point... Did you feel, I mean, obviously this is, uh, this is a bit of a trick question because, you know, every, everything that you and I probably agree on in terms of personal development is yeah. a goal, yeah. something that you come from, not something you work towards, right? right. You're there, right. you envision right. it. Right. But at what point literally did you feel that you had, you know, crossed the abyss, that things were working out, not just in your mindset, but maybe in your bank account? Yeah. And this is, again, this is a... It feels so cheesy, but it's truth. You know, when I had reached success, when I slept for eight hours in one night, that's it, dude. That's it. People, uh, I learned a long time ago that, that self, true self, comes at three o'clock in the morning when you're looking in the mirror and there's nobody else around. And, uh, man, you're choking me up, dude. And for me, it was... Uh, it was eight hours of uninterrupted sleep. Um, it was putting my feet on the floor that morning, looking to the future with joy instead of dread. Um, wasn't, a, wasn't a number in a bank account. 
Um, it wasn't a, a business that was, was profitable. It was none of those things. It was comf being comfortable in my own skin and not always wanting to be somewhere else or, or be someone else uh, to be able to just to, to sit with myself and be, be somewhat okay. And that, that doesn't happen every day. It's not perfect. It's a, it's a, it's a roller coaster. I slept like crap last night. We got a lot going on. You know what I mean? So <laughs> uh, that was, that but, was it's, the but the principle is, but there is, there is a shift, isn't there? There is, there's a transition yeah. where I, I often say to people, when, once you, you're on this path, the path that we're talking about, that some people who listen to scale up your business are super intrigued about Right. It's funny. I get a lot of people who, who take the step into it, whatever that means for them. Yeah. And then a lot of people who just listen from the sidelines, yeah. from the bleachers, to yeah. use a bit of a yeah. word. Yeah. But, yeah. I, but there's a massive curiosity, I think, around what we're talking about here. Because I think once you understand it and you, and you lean into it, again, to use your expression, it's hard to, it's hard to not see anything else. Right. And, you know and what I mean? Like, here's the thing too, right? If you look at some of the, the literature that I know you've read as well, just in this conversation with you, right? So I don't know if we have video, but you know, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Where is it? Is it on the shelf? It's got to be there somewhere. There you go, right? So <laughs> yeah. What? Just for everyone listening, we're, we're holding up our copies. We're high-fiving each other, by the way, on the microphone. Across the ocean. With our Napoleon Hill Bible. <laughs> But, but watch when when you when you read into Napoleon Hill, what did he do? He went and interviewed right all the heavy hitters at the turn of the century, and there was a common theme, and the common theme was act as if, right? What you manifest, what you believe in, right? What you think about is what you bring about. Yeah, they might have been a little rougher around the edges at the turn of the century, the Rockefellers and the Fords, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, a little more cutthroat, but. In reality, um, the more that I researched and, and did my work about, you know, leaning in, business creation, manifestation, energy flows, et cetera, et cetera, <clears throat> it wasn't foo-foo, man. It wasn't, it wasn't like – it was no longer intangible. It now became tangible because I could pick out the commonalities in successful men and women in business and in life – and um, you could say, oh, they understand. Oh, oh, they, oh, look, there it is. We just did it, dude. You and I haven't had a conversation before, but I can reach across right now, give you a hug and say, nice to meet you, brother. Looking forward to the journey ahead. We already know it's happening. Am I right or am I right? <laughs> You're 100% right. I had an inkling when we first started speaking too, which is partly why I thought let's, let's explore it a bit. Because, yeah. like, you know, we could have sat here and talked about Florida investments in corporate real estate. And, <laughs> sure. you know, we, well, we talked a little bit about that before we finished, but, but, you know, the, the point is it's, it's people getting to know you sure. for who you sure. are, because it's the depth of someone, I think yeah. that really yeah. gives the full expression of what you can learn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can apply that to anything. So someone could be listening to you. They may have no interest in corporate real estate, right. But the lessons they'll get from the conversation can apply to whatever they're working on. Sure. And that's what I try and, that's sure. what I try and discover. And it's like I said to you before, I think it was before it might've been since we've been speaking, you know, whenever I do a podcast or an interview or something like this, you know, it can go in so many places, man. You know, tell me all about the, the backstory of a TV reality show. Is it real? Right? No, stupid. It's not real. It's a TV show. Right. We could talk about that. We could talk I'm about. I'm just going to cross topic. that off the list. That was my next question, Dave. So let me just yeah. let me <laughs> get rid of that one, brother. Get rid of that one. Yeah, you know. But we can we can talk about, like you said, 
double digit targeted returns, you know, based on sticks and bricks and projections and repositioning and raising capital and waterfalls and blah, blah, blah. We can do all of that stuff. But you know what? None of those topics of interest would have even come into play without the foundational concepts that we're discussing now, right? I, um, you know, I looked at, here's a classic example, right? God is good all the time. Whatever your faith is, you know, mine is mine. Is mine. I'm not a man of religion, but I'm definitely a man of faith. And when, when the TV show hit and you're a national expert and you've got a book and you're traveling the world teaching real estate and, you know, my, my, my five influential people changes dramatically. I'm no longer sitting next to four miserable firefighters complaining that they didn't get an overtime. Now I'm sitting next to, you know, Damon John, Kevin Harrington, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with Nick Bradley, Matt Andrews, right? A different, a different sphere. Um, so I found myself in Vegas a lot. A lot. I'm in Vegas all the time doing events and stuff. And Vegas is is a is a pretty interesting place if you've never been there, right? And I remember walking through the casino one time and um, you know, looking around and looking at people searching for something, whether it was at the, the craps table, whether it was at the blackjack table, whether it was, you know, the one-armed bandits. And for me personally, I looked at it and I was just overcome with gratitude because if I had been given the gifts that I had been given and worked for, you know, to be successfully, um, you know, to be successful in business and national media, et cetera, if I'd have had all of that when I was still drinking and now I'm in Vegas, oh my God, dude, I mean, you know, God's got a sense of humor. The universe looks down and it says, you know what? You learned your lessons through doing it one way. You then made a conscious decision to do something different. You leaned into it. You did the best you could with the stuff that's around you. You know what, Dave? You've been sending out some positive vibes, my brother. Here you go. You can get some of it back. All right. Here it is. Right. Here it is. Enjoy it. Right. Enjoy it. So, you know, I have been very blessed um, to receive the rewards from the work that, that, that's been done. And, you know, all of the topics on top of that, well, that's just, you know, expertise and fun and business and people and opportunities, you know? Does that make sense? It does. It does. And, and particularly Vegas, I've spent 15 separate, separate times there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. There's a, there's a piece, I think, once you, I, I, it comes back to, I think, as you said beforehand, it's about what you're passionate about and what you're good at. Right? right. And if you can bring those two things together and you can be a person of service, yeah, right. Like impact, then income can be, you know, income doesn't really become an issue when you're right. doing all those things in those ways. Right. That's how For I look sure. at it. Right. No, I agree. And we I do similar, we do similar things, right. In different, in different industries, but I'm sure, you know, even in the 30 or 40 minutes we've been speaking, the, the foundations, again, to use your word, underneath that is probably very similar. Sure. I get a sense of that. Sure. No, absolutely. Uh, we don't even need to debate that. We know it's the same. It's not even it's slightly similar. It's the same. You know what I mean? Um, i got two questions for you. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Two more. No, go ahead. Um, one of the last one's the boring one. Um, <laughs> what's it like to be in a reality TV show there? Um, what, what do you do today to um, maintain the momentum in terms of mindset and 
And let's, I'm going to say staying on the path because a lot of people, they get, they might go to a Tony Robbins event, like unleash the power within, they get lit up. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then all of a sudden that fire goes out and they get lost again, but you've managed to keep this thing going. What, what is it? What are the most important, I suppose, habits, routines, things yeah. that keep you on that path? Uh, being goal oriented is, is important. It's not my, my biggest strength, but if I don't have something that I'm working towards, how the hell do I know where I'm going? Right. So I, I try and I try and stay on task to be task oriented. Something about us as entrepreneurs, if we don't complete a task, right, it's like the day was ruined. You know? oh, it's, pain. it's painful. It's I, painful. I, I, if we set a target in my in my businesses and we don't achieve it, oh my god, I'm I'm yeah. inconsolable. Inconsolable. <laughs> I need to get better with that. It was like, you know, we said we were going to hit that right? and we still would have done an amazing result, right? The result may still be really good, but it wasn't what we said. Right. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? But that's, that's what, that, that's what creates progress. Right. So I like to, I like to be on task. I like to be goal oriented. Um, one of the things that keeps me um, kind of grounded, which then gives me the energy to move forward is when I'm off, I want to be off. And what I mean by that is, is I fight very hard because business is all consuming, but I fight very hard to stay grounded, um, to stay a dad to a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old boy, right? I've got little guys at home. So I try yeah. very hard to, to keep that connection in place. Um, and, then, and then things like this, Nick. I mean, I don't know about you, brother, uh, but this conversation has set me up for, for a kick-ass day today. You know, the, the world better be careful because I'm on fire, right? <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm glad saying? To be a small part in that, Dave. That's, that's, uh, that, that inspires me. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what I'm saying. It's like these engaging conversations that, that we, we put ourselves into and the people that I surround myself with keep my momentum going, right? I'm, I'm looking forward to the next accredited invent, uh, investor conversation that I have where they look at my offerings and you can see, you can see them light up. They go, what? You can do what? And you can do it, how, what? It's like they never experienced these alternative investment uh, environments before. So, you know, it's, it's the, the, the Zig Ziglar um, quote it's right there on my wall. You can have everything you want in life. You can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want, right? There's nothing more rewarding about somebody look, turning around and looking at you and going, Dude, I appreciate that. Thank you. From the bottom of my that heart, one I appreciate quote, it. That yeah. one quote, it was the big transition for me. Was it? That, that specific quote. Because I didn't quite realize when I was in my private equity stuff, Yeah, it was yeah. all about you know money and greed and title and power and you know, all that, right? I didn't really understand anything else. And, and then um, I was awakened by that one quote oh, that so made cool. me realize, so cool. wow, actually, yes, but I'd never really correlated it before. Right. So that, that right. quote dug me out of what I was in. So fascinating. Oh, man, man, weird little serendipitous points in our conversation yeah, today. Yeah, isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? <laughs> That's so good. All right. I've got one last question for you. Yeah. What's so because I, I think it's gonna be an interesting way you put this. What what do you what do you want to create in the future? What are you what are you moving towards? Now you've talked a lot about presence yeah. right, and being present. Yeah. I understand yeah. that's a really important value yeah. for you. But if you if you jump ahead 20 years, if you had a 20-year vision. Yeah. What does that look like to you? Yeah, that's great. Look, I'm 54 years old. The next 20 is is the the final hurrah. Um, what we're we're building the foundation and putting in the footprint now is for a private equity company that has has a stamp, has a reputation in the marketplace uh, 
as one of the best, if not the best, um, deliverable of returns through commercial real estate investing, apartment complexes is where we focus our attention. But also at the same time of being accessible. Like as, as I've moved into the world of private equity, I have found so much um, lack of connection between the investor and the company. Once you start getting up into the billions of dollars, I get it. You know, the CEO and the management team can't be interacting with every single investor in an environment like that. But you know what? They can do a better job of training the customer service team, the investor relations team, so that every investor is always feeling like they're a part of a family environment. Now, I believe that's achievable at any level. Like we're at a $100 million private equity fund right now. You know, our second fund is, is designed to be $500 million and we'll work our way up to a billion probably middle of next year is the goal. <clears throat> and to be able to say, you know, Freedom Venture Investments, that's where you want to go if you want to feel like you're a part of something rather than apart from something because it's just money in, money out. Money in, money out, money in, money. It's not sexy. It's not engaging. It's not a relationship. So, you know, the, our goal is to, is to build that, that company presence. Um, my fears are I don't have enough business acumen in me to create that um, and, and drive that. But guess what? I got an answer. I got a solution to that problem. I surround myself with people who do. And as we begin to grow, you know, put the, the, the right team members in place who can take that on. So, and look, and then that builds legacy for, for my family, right? When they look up the old Seymour family tree, you know, 50 or 100 years from now, they go, okay, okay. okay. Oh, there it is. That's, that's where they turn, turn left, you know? And, and the, 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 uh, you know what? The, that's, that's amazing. I've never thought of it like that before, but yeah. That's really, that's really right. fascinating. My mind would be exactly like that. Like, you know, if you look back in my family tree, there's a people she stealing sheep in Cornwall. Uh, then they got put on a boat. They ended up in Sydney. Uh, I think someone must have married uh, some sort of officer because they then got to Adelaide because Adelaide is where all the posh convicts lived. <laughs> so I think that's where the story would go. And then, and then obviously it turns into me. <laughs> right. Right, like I love that. Though. It's a nice that's, way of that's how I think of this stuff. Nick, I do, brother. It's like you know, the Seymours, the Seymours were all half-ass gangsters in in Chelsea and Battersea in London. You know what I mean? They were, there you, go. you know. <laughs> now they look up the family tree and they go, "Holy shit! What what happened there?" Right? Nick Bradley became this this private equity business mogul. He's supposed to be chasing sheep around. That's right. That's right. right. Then, then there's this thin line of Jack Canfields and Tony Robbins and all these kind of people that, like, you know, you know, you're going to see all these divergent family trees. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Kind of, you know, right. somehow bump into these gurus. Right. But think about yeah. that for one second. Right. It's kind of like the the Christmas movie over here in the states. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Right. Oh, where, yeah. where Jimmy Stewart says, "Okay, I was never born." And then you see what the world would have been like if Jimmy Student hadn't had those moments of interaction. You wouldn't, wouldn't have saved his brother. And, you know, I, I really do have a philosophy in the sense of, you know, I get up every day and I, I don't know which interaction is going to be the one of the day. I do now. I can't top this one, right? But what now snowballs and manifests from this conversation 
from the conversation I had with, you know, with, with, with Joe Russo, the, the doctor from, from Newton, who met me at a seminar, I had enough of an impact to now that his son's a full-time real estate investors. He invests as a, as a, you know, a doctor in a fund getting returns so that he doesn't have to work as hard as he does. Like all of the people you've touched in your life, Nick, think about that. And you can't, you can't know them all because we podcast, we work from stage, we have, you know, gifts and services and, and, and trainings, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the, the businesses that you bought, repositioned, turned around, and the people that you put in those businesses that could then earn a decent living and how that affected their families. My friend, my friend, we, we can influence the world dramatically, but we can do it one person at a time. And, um, you know, that, uh, that becomes part of my creed. So yes, man, that's what I want to build. I want the family tree to get all higgledy piggledy as soon as they get to me. I don't want to go and sh- you know, sh- <laughs> straight up and down anymore. Uh, it's an exceptional answer, Dave. <laughs> that's an exceptional answer. So, and yeah, sometimes people really struggle with that, but I didn't think you would. No, which is great. there isn't oh. a lot. There isn't a lot that, that I had a kid say to me one time, he said, how do I get to be how do I get to be a speaker like you? Like he'd see me on stage, I was delivering something. And he was, you know, 19 years old. And I said, my friend, go live a life that you can talk about, right? It doesn't matter that you're 19. Go do exceptional things at 19 years old. Talk to, to new people, experience new things. Because there is an absolute definitive currency in relationships and storytelling. And if you can tell a great story in truth, um, and influence those relationships around you in a positive way that it sets up the law of reciprocity. Then, my brother, it's on like Donkey Kong, man. It's it's showtime, you know. So anyway. and it's fire. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Okay, take a breath, um, Dave. That was awesome, mate. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for that. So you. the guys, the guys can get in touch with you. We've got freedomvention.com. We've got yeah. all your other social media stuff. Yeah. I take it you don't mind people getting in touch and saying thank you and all that sort of thing. <laughs> no, if somebody wants to have a chin wag, I'm here. It's all good. You can even call me in the in uh, in the states at seven eight one nine two two four four one eight. I'm still on the old rag and bone. Oh, mate. Like there you go. I, I didn't think I'm like I can see you're a humble enough guy that I didn't think that would be anything different, mate. It's all good, mate. <laughs> well, listen, it's all good. Dave, it's it has good. been awesome. Thank you for your time. Um, I'm I'm feeling inspired for the rest of my day here, which is the afternoon here in the UK. Um, been absolute pleasure. So thank you for coming on Scale Your Business. Cheers, man. And there you have it, another episode of Scale Up Your Business. Thank you very much for listening. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show become even better. And while you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button to help you on your scale up journey. Now, perhaps you're thinking of growing and scaling your business. Perhaps now is the time. If that's you, then please check out suyb.global. That's where we have all of our programs, including the Growth Accelerator Partnership, the Maximize Value Partnership, all of our services, and of course, coaching and mentoring. Once again, be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. Until next time.